This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon to you. It is the 1st of March. Um, you know, the year seems to be flying. And, of course, it is Purim as well. Um, as I arrived at the, the, the station um, just downstairs, a man came running past me in, in a huge rush, dressed as a pirate. And, you know, it's just another day in Joburg. What can I say? Welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information Information and illumination. My name is Nikki Seberini, and I'm delighted to be with you for the next hour. Wow, we really have a very, very inspiring show filled, filled with people who are going to leave you inspired. So, being the 1st of March as well, you know, we're eight days away from the Jerusalem Marathon. We've been talking about the Jerusalem Marathon for months, getting Team Deal linked together. We've been talking to warriors. We've been talking to joggers. And I, it, I mean, the excitement is just palpable. I mean, people are walking around looking very fit and healthy, um, getting ready to go over to Jerusalem and not only to have the most extraordinary personal ex- experience and journey but really such an extended journey because of who they are going to be representing whose soul whose name they're going to have attached to them as they run through the beautiful streets of the ancient city of Jerusalem so we're going to start off by talking about the DL link because I have Annette Horwitz um, on the line um, Annette is a cancer warrior we've we have had her on the show before Annette, welcome. It's it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Nikki. And I'm I'm so sorry you couldn't come into the studio, but I believe you have to go for chemotherapy today. So thank you for for being brave brave enough to chat on the phone. We we really do appreciate it, Annette. It's a pleasure anytime. Annette, how are you? Um, just give us yeah, an update on your health. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, undergoing treatment at the moment but other than keeping the cancer at bay I'm doing fine so, yes. so just to update um, obviously the DL link audience you you were diagnosed with lung cancer four years ago you had an entire lung removed um, and um, you went for chemotherapy and now lesions have appeared on your remaining lung which is um, why you are going for the treatment and all I can say is we are thinking of you and sending you much love and light and good health but it, it doesn't matter what I'm really saying because you've got someone who is going all the way over to Jerusalem and who is running with your name um, on on their shirt? So I, at, at this yes. point, I'd I'd like to bring Fager Swimmer. Fager, have I pronounced your name correctly? Fager's actually my name. I was born with. People call me Fagey. Fagey. Okay. Well, yeah. Fager, Fager, welcome, welcome, Well, lovely to have you on the show. Listen, whatever, however, my brain connects in that moment. Yeah. Huh? Should we Perfect. just say that exactly? So you've walked in with a big smile on your face as I was talking about the Jerusalem Marathon. I could just see the sparks <laughs> flying everywhere. Because I don't know if I'm crazy <laughs> or sometimes you have to laugh when you maybe want to cry. So why why are this. you running? I'm running because it's something that I've really just wanted to do for so long in my life, and it so happens what, to be run. No, run the Jerusalem. Run the Jerusalem run, marathon. I run, I do, but the, like to be in Jerusalem and have that opportunity. That's a. Mm-hmm. B. The timing really works out because um, there's a family simcha in Israel at the same time, 
And thirdly, I've always had a connection with the DL Link, especially Tammy, Tammy Goodman, who runs the organization superbly. What a what an unbelievable woman she unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. As well as with her mother, Michelle. And Tammy from last year when I thought I would you know, I would be able to do it, she said to me, Faggy next year. And then another And it fe- it seemed so long away. So long away. Oh, but Purim was yesterday <laughs> and Purim's today. Oh, That's how it feels. Purim twenty seventeen. So then, and a very, very good friend of mine, Nakia Blumenthal, who is in fact the poster girl for the DL Link this year, made Aliyah. And we've always said we wanted to run together in Jerusalem. So there were so many draw cards and the timing worked out. And that's why I'm going. Everything's come together in the right way. Everything's come together. Baruch Hashem, everything's really come together. So I'm so excited. Oh, wonderful. And then... I was given a net as Well, let's take a break. Let's take a break. break. And I want to hear how you met because you didn't, you didn't know a net before. And now you have connected and it's just a a beautiful story. So Annette, stay with us. Quick break. We're going to be right back. This is Life Links with a DL link. Thanks for staying with us. This is the DL link show on 101.9 High FM on the line. I have Annette Horwitz, who is our warrior today, um, and I have um, Fager Swimmer, who is, she's another warrior, because she is representing our warrior um, in Jerusalem, which makes her a warrior too. So, Fager, you, t- t- just how did you come across Annette? Okay, so basically, when Tammy was asking me if I have, if I have anyone who I'd like to run with, Look, my mother-in-law had cancer, but my husband's also running, so he'll have her name. And there wasn't really anyone I had in mind specifically. Now, Michelle, who was very close to my late father, said, run run in his name, like in memory of him. And I said, that's not who my father was. He's fine. He's with Hashem now. He's okay. He doesn't need extra chizok. Yeah. Who really does need the ones who are still in this world who need an extra long life. So I said, you know what, guys, you decide, tell me who you would like and put me, put me with someone who might not have someone who has someone to run for. That's, that's what I wanted to do. So I came to the DL link. They had like a launch thing a few weeks ago <clears throat> for the warriors to meet their runners and we were paired. And I just, it was funny because Annette was getting her nails done mm-hmm. um, and a massage because I had these ladies going around. And I just like plunked myself next to this woman. I you just know, happened to. Just plunked myself because I was exhausted. I had run 15Ks <laughs> that morning. And I had these women were running around offering massages. I was like, listen, yeah, you're on my feet. <laughs> and the other one's on my shoulders. <laughs> so the two of them working. I'm like, hi, hi, I'm Faggy. And she's like, hi, I'm Annette. I'm like, Annette, they've just told me that I'm running for an Annette. Are you Annette Hortz? And she's like, yes. I'm like, oh my God, just gave her like this hug and her eyes looked into each other. And it was just, it was this connection. And then she was telling me that she's a property lawyer. I'm a commercial property broker. My late father was an advocate. She knew him. She's a lawyer. So there were just all these things that instantly connected to us. Our own, you know, my own self journey with what I went through having my third child and suffering from postnatal depression and the journey that I've had to be on. And her journey with, you know, just so many similarities of our personalities and our strengths and how we have to work through them. And we just started hacking and we were hugging. Like, 
I had known her. So oh, it was such amazing. a, it was really it was a meant to be, totally right? meant to be. Oh. And what a treat to run for someone like her, this powerhouse of a woman who just has it together, is strong and with it. And I know, I know that she appreciates it. She looked at me and was like, thank oh. you. Oh, so Annette, hearing Fager say all of that, how are you feeling? Tell us, expand on it. Uh, you know, for me, someone running a marathon really is so symbolic because when you're dealing with cancer and when you're going through this marathon, there are so many similarities in the challenge. You know, normally in life, who you are, what you do as a profession, where you stay, your status in the community, has some bearing for you. But when you're a patient going through treatment or when you come and run a marathon, when you're at the starting line, all of that is meaningless. You all, everything's swept away mm. and it's determined by who are you? Mm. How strong are you? How, how much do you want to get through this challenge? So, to me, the symbolism and the um, self-actualization that it takes to prepare, train, run a marathon, or to go through treatment has, you know, just symbolic for me. Mm. Because, you know, even from the point of view when you're arriving at treatment or running a marathon, you can have lots of cheerleaders and your family and everyone can be there to support you. But when you get to the line to start, it's a solo journey. Mm. So, you know, for me to have Peggy run, and as I said to her when we were discussing this, you know, when your body is so tired and you're so sore mm. and you just you can't do it anymore then your mind has to kick in <laughs> and get you to the finish line so for me the symbolism and to be doing it through Jerusalem which is so symbolic for a cancer warrior amazing mm. oh, I think you explained that so beautifully Annette and for you to yeah. to look into to, to Faggy's eyes and say that when you and, feel like yeah. your your body's about to yeah. stop because of the pain that's and, when you and, use your mind and Annette can I can I remind you of what you also said to me which was just always stay is staying in my head now Annette yeah I'm here so you said to me just a little bit of pressure, but it's beautiful <laughs> and it's and it's staying with me. You said if I feel like I'm running out of breath, just think of you with your one working lung, and I'll make it to the finish line. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And please God, that is the plan. Yeah, a very powerful association and connection is what this is all about. So, so Annette, you go today in for your chemotherapy session today. Faggy goes and she goes for her um, training and she'll go off to her marathon and you are running your marathon every single day. And uh, what a wonderful thing that um, your name is going to be on the back of Faggy's shirt all the way through Jerusalem. And it's meaningful and spiritual and just powerful. 
powerful on so many, so many levels. So, Annette, thank you. I don't want to keep you for, for any longer. Thank you very much for thank joining you. us. And we just and wish you, you good health. The most stunning run, and I'll be at your side ah. all the way. Annette, so much love, and I will be davening for you every step of the way as I'm on the holy land of Israel where Hashem Shechina shines even more, and he should just send you a complete refuah shalema, and I can't wait. And I look forward to hearing about it when you get back. Beautiful. Thanks, Annette. Go well. Go well. Good health, Annette. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, she's an incredible woman. We've had her on the show before. Sure. Very, as you say, very powerful. Um, and, and her journey continues. So it continues. It so continues. it continues. And please, God, let it just be well. Well, you're going over with your husband. You're meeting a friend. And how long are you going for all in all? So Look, are you looking, at, you're looking at me as if like in disbelief. Like you can't believe no, it. Can't you're believe. going. <laughs> I'm so not ready, but I'm ready. All the emotions are there. Um, so we're going to be there. Please, God. We arrive on the Thursday. We'll run on the Friday. Please, God, have a beautiful Shabbos in Jerusalem, probably feeling completely broken physically. Mm. <laughs> and we'll rest up. And then we go off to Tel Aviv for a wedding and we come back on the Wednesday. Wow. Wow. Okay. Which race are you doing? How many Ks? I'm, um, please, God, aiming for the 21. Wow. 21. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't. But don't... Nakia, if you're listening in Israel. Yes. Because she still thinks we're doing 10. <laughs> oh, does she? When, yeah, are, you, we'll when are you planning on breaking the news? On love, on radio. Oh, okay. So now she knows. <laughs> so whatever she's doing right now, she has to put her running shoes on and she's yeah. got to continue running. But you know, Nikki, I'll tell you the thing about that. I feel it from a Jerusalem experience. I'm not going there whether I'm running 5, 10, 21 or 42. I'm doing it because I want to be there and I want to enjoy it. It's an experience. I'm not looking at my Garmin watch for timing. I'm going to stop. I'm taking pictures. I want to embrace the city. I want to see what's going on. I want to have, I want, I'm, you see Israeli children running around. Mm. That is what I'm going to go for. And mm. you know what? If I get to be on the road for longer and experience for longer, I'm going to. If I need to walk, I'm going to walk. If mm. I want to run faster, I'm going to run faster. You're just in the moment, whatever the that, experience brings yeah, you. Yeah. And mm. with each extra step, I get to daven harder for a net. Oh, so wonderful. Oh, Fager, so lovely meeting you. I always remember this huge smile on your face when I'm thinking of you jogging through the streets. Thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you. All the best, much strength and health and vitality and connection. Lots of connection. Amen, amen. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Fager. Take care. Happy Purim, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and then, wow, more inspiration. If you weren't inspired by that, more inspiration coming your way. Stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL link. So, wow. I mean, I, I take my hat off to Fager. There she is training 21 Ks on the 9th of March, the Jerusalem Marathon and running um, with Annette Horwitz's name on her back and just praying for Annette throughout the marathon. And that's what Team DL Link is all about. And of course, we are going to keep you updated. We're going to let you know what's happening. So even though you're not in Jerusalem, we're going to kind of give you the feeling as if you are. 
So it's 22 minutes past 12 o'clock. And as I said, so the inspiration continues. You know, I didn't want to tell Fager that our next guest, that a 21-kilometer race for him is a bit of a warm-up. I mean, it's like me waking up in the morning and stretching my arms out in the air because I, I don't know how many of you have heard of the Ironman Challenge. I'm sure many of you have, but I don't know if you actually realize what's involved, that there is a 3.8-kilometer swim, that there is a 180-kilometer cycle and a 42.2-kilometer run. I'm exhausted just reading that out loud. And so our next guest, not only is he an Ironman triathlon He's a warrior too, and he does it whilst on his journey, which is so hugely inspirational. And that's what he does. He goes and he inspires people um, along this journey. So, Richard Wright, welcome onto the show. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you very much, Nikki. Must appreciate it. I have to tell you, though, before you go any further, yes. that, that it's all relative. It is really, it? it? Are you sure? It Absolutely. Right now. To what at this point? Um, to anything, I mean, look really. at you, look at you. I mean, you, you, you know, doing this with, with brain cancer, with stage four brain cancer. So what's relative? What? Just explain. So I listened very carefully to Annette just now, and I loved what she said, is that the analogy between the marathon and getting through cancer, and that's exactly what it is. So mm. we're all different, and we all respond differently, and each of us responds to the treatment and to the cancer differently. And for me, that finding my fight was... In believing that if I could put my body through these extreme physical events, I must somehow be able to overcome the cancer. Wow. So that's the relative part to me. Okay. But right now, I will be honest, I'm, I'd rather be in Jerusalem doing a marathon. That sounds amazing. How amazing is that? It really that? sounds amazing. I just think about this. This team goes along. They're running through the streets of Jerusalem. And on their backs, they're running with the name of a cancer warrior. Goosebump stuff. And, you know, I've had people on this show who who someone ran for them last year. And now they're running this year for someone else. Oh. They're in remission. It's, you know, the cycle continues. It's The, the stories are quite extraordinary but let's look at your story Richard because yours also is just a hugely extraordinary story before you were diagnosed were you this fitness fanatic so I have been and I think that's part of it is that I've always been able to push my body um, physically I've been an Ironman athlete for many years before being diagnosed with cancer Um, and I'd been I'd done well in the past so I've had a couple of good finishes and um, I think that was one of the hardest things for me getting the cancer was what now? My, my body is failing me, and there's sure. this thing that I've been able to push, and mm. I've been actually and control. Really, well, that is a, that's hey? a large part of it. Is is that I have my body's responded extremely well. I've been really lucky throughout my life from that point of view, and um, all of a sudden I sat there with this thing and uh, a diagnosis that was less than ideal, and um, I was able to tap into that. So I've said to a lot of people that the, the fact that I was an endurance athlete before has really helped me in terms of my struggle with the cancer. Mm. Um, the difference with cancer is there's no finish line. So mm. it's not like an event where you know it's going to finish at some yeah. point in time yeah. and you can break it down. Mm. Um, so that was the tough part is, is sure. not knowing. Yeah. Right. I, I like quite like that analogy. Just take us back to the diagnosis. I mean, how were you feeling? Um, you're healthy. You're, sure. You're, you're competing. How, how do you know? I mean, how do you know what's a pain and what's a pain? Okay, that's a good question. So it was quite hard for me because I took a couple of years off, um, just got into a career, and it was hard to train. 
and I was diagnosed with a tiny little tumor on my pituitary gland back in 2004. My ex-wife and I were trying to fall pregnant with our first and they picked up at that point in time I had this tumor, but it was benign. And um, I would recognize the symptoms and I'd go in for treatment and then I was able to weed myself off it. And so we went along for 12 years. Right. And then late 2015, the symptoms became kind of out of control. Like what, what were the symptoms? So extreme headaches, but it's a stabbing, stabbing pain in the middle of your head. The pituitary is right in the middle of your head. Right. Um, chronic fatigue, um, battling with peripheral vision and just feeling completely flat all the time. And I went back into the medication, and it just really wasn't helping. And I, and I thought that it was age. I thought, I, you know, a couple of years off, hadn't been training much, and I've just got old. Oh, no. Um, it was like that, yes. Oh. So I kind of ignored quite a lot of it. But then I was trying to train to get back into an Ironman and training for 2016 South African Ironman. And I just remember hardly being able to train at all. I did virtually nothing for almost three months before the event. And I knew something was wrong at that point in time. It was a, But again, it was, I'm going to push my way through this. Um, did the event against the neurosurgeon's best um, suggestions. And um, it, was, it was awful. It was really, really hard. But somehow I managed to pull through. Shh, I can't believe you did that. And then on the Friday after that, went in for a lumbar puncture. They found the cancer and straight into the operating table. So <gasps> it was quite a journey from that point of view. And I think I was quite, quite lucky in that it was, it was so sudden. It was, we've, we've got this idea that there might be something and it looks like it's moving towards cancer. But we can't be sure, and the only way we can find out is a lumbar puncture. And and then finding it, you've got cancer, Richard. And I, I obviously, Google is <sighs> Google is your best friend and your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. We'd already done the whole Google thing beforehand, sure, which is horrible. Horrible, yes. And um, obviously, it's all worst case scenarios, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's an extremely, extremely rare form of cancer, so it's all bad. And then the the surgeon said to me much later that night when I came to, you no, know, he's pretty confident he got all of it. So. It was it was it was quite a roller coaster ride of wow you've got this thing but we think we've got it out now. So hang on, you had the lumbar puncture. Mm. Then they told you you had stage four. So, so there's not even there's not even a stage with pituitary. It's a primary okay, pituitary this was a, carcinoma. This, it's sure. so rare. Okay, it's just an immediate. And they said we're going to remove it. Straight in, yes. Straight so you nose. go in brain surgery. Mm-hmm. You haven't even had time to get your head around it, Mm-mm. but you come out and he says. I think it was successful. Yes. So it was large. It was pushed. And, and the symptoms were because the tumor was pushing the pituitary to the point that it couldn't do its function anymore. So, um, oh, that's all your hormones. I, I was depressed. Uh, I was, it no was wonder. Uh, no was wonder you were so exhausted. And, Everything. Uh. Just, uh, just uh, all your hormones in a whack. But no danger with that kind of surgery with removing. So the it's very, it's very non-invasive, which okay. is quite nice going through the nose. Uh, transphenoidal surgery so it's the best option really sure. but um it's not fun um but unfortunately it um they didn't get it all and, and it had spread to the other side of the pituitary and then the treatment started so that was the real the really rough part of the journey um but i'll, I'll never forget i was my daughter came home i got two girls and um, being a divorced parent single parent and one of the things I tried the hardest to do throughout the journey was to make sure my girls weren't impacted and they, they, they didn't scare them and mm. that dad was okay. Mm. And so I told them what had happened with the surgery, obviously, that it was obvious. And um, the, the radiation was purely to make sure that it didn't come back again. That was their understanding. So seven weeks of radiation, uh, 35 treatments, and sure. around about the 29th one. Uh, McKinnon, my eldest, comes home and says, Dad, I've, I need something for school tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It's the last thing I feel like doing. So off we go through peak hour traffic, and we get to this intersection, sitting still at the robot. And she says to me, oh, Dad, Shem, you're not looking good at all. And I said, oh, bug, 
I'm not feeling great. So she has a bit of a silence, and then Cookie's a flash. She says, but, Dad, nobody said it was going to be easy. Oh, <laughs> so thinking, really? I whipped around thinking, really? what on earth? Where did that come? She's like, Dad, I don't know what to say. You oh. know, I actually don't know what to say. But it was it was quite a moment for me. It was a – and listen to Annette as well. Is, is sure. that the mental – I call it a head game in that the, the brain – the cancer was in my head. But it's such a mental struggle to get through it. And the way I've coped mentally with things has been – the physical struggle. So pushing myself physically has helped me to get over things mentally. And the two are, are kind of linked. Mm-hmm. But I think the day that it all changed for me was I was sitting having uh, chemotherapy at the clinic and just watching the people come through the door. And it was within the first second or so, you could you could see which ones were victims of cancer and which ones were cancer survivors. How? And that was huge for me. It's in the eyes. It's in the, how really? they hold themselves. It's just it's a demeanor. It's mm-hmm. just a demeanor. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that every person who comes through that door looking like a cancer survivor is going to survive, unfortunately. It's an attitude. But it is an attitude. And mm. it's that one little thing that any of the specialists said, you know, it, it's, we can't define, we can't determine, we can't, we can't reproduce it. We can't, either you find it in, within yourself or, or, you, or you don't. Mm. Um, and it is that one thing. And for me, that was linked to the pushing myself mentally and physically. Mm. And in doing those events, I somehow... Knew within myself that I that was. you were capable of, right? And that I could get through it. Right. Mm. Right. I think probably the hardest thing, I mean, I hear I am projecting is, is being divorced and having two kids. You know what I'm saying? Because when it's just your journey, mm. it's your journey, but it's not. You know, you've got these two so, so there's beautiful a, children so attached, a which makes it sure. So it makes it sure. Yeah. But it also makes it amazing. So that was, okay. I, I'll say that over and over again, is that I think one of the things that really pulled me through in some of the darkest moments were having to put on a big brave face my kids. Really? And you also heard Annette saying, you, you, once you find out what your why is, what defines you as a human being? What makes you who you are? And I'm first and foremost a father. And that's not all I am, but it's an extremely, extremely important part of my life. And the questions you have to ask yourself, I was given six months. So what am I leaving for my kids? What, what now? Um, you know, who's going to be down, walking them down the aisle? Who's going to be putting them to bed for the next mm. how many years? Who's, mm. Um, and that was massive for me. Mm. So, so when I saw them, yes, it was, it's hard, but it was also, those were easier weeks. Mm. Um, they really were. That's my why. Wow. 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 But now you're in remission. I'm in remission. It's, um, so three months. I've got a scan next week, Tuesday. It's my three month scan. So. How you, how you feeling about that scan mm, coming up? So, okay. <laughs> it's hard. We, I so mean, we obviously. ask you. So, I mean, so this is the question. You, know, you talk mm. about having a hold on the mind. You know, and the power of the mind at this point, because so I'm sure all those little oh, I, voices I, have arrived. No, it's awful. So I've, I've logged about it yesterday, actually, um, and, and it's called scanxiety, because scanxiety is actually a real thing. Scanxiety. Scanxiety, there's I'm a word. Sure, right. Yeah, there we go. And I looked up, I Googled again, Google's great, um, to figure <laughs> or out not. <laughs> or not, how to control stress, how to get over stress. And all the things they mentioned are firstly cut out the caffeine, the alcohol, and the nicotine. If that's what I'm like, coffee? Are you nuts? That's when I need the coffee. <laughs> when I'm stressed and some wine. It's and then going. They called it. What, what was it? Um, exercising. They called it something different. But it was, it was kind of okay. But that's the last thing you feel like doing. Get more sleep. But you're not sleeping. How do you mm. sleep? Is it what? What do you do then? So, mm. but it is a mind struggle. Yeah. It's, it's all a mind struggle. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Richard, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment. Stay right Great. where you are. I'm here. Because we have another incredible guest, um, Petra. L- How do I pronounce your name? Petra? Larango. Larango. Welcome. We <laughs> haven't you. had a chance to say hello. Hello. We We've just checked one another out. Welcome. It's lovely Thank to have you. you on the show. Thanks, Nikki. Thank, Thank you, you for so joining much. us. Thank you. You know, you've been, while Richard's been talking, I've seen you nodding, nodding. Nodding as if I've been there mentally or I know what you're saying or, I mean, you lost your mom when you were Mm. just 23 years old to cancer I was and something that was firstly I have to say Richard your story I mean it's more than a story it's just it's your life and it's really inspiring so I'm getting all teary out here so Mm. thank you for your strength through that and inspiring people Um, what really stuck out to me or one of the many things that stuck out to me was Richard talking about um, either victims or cancer survivors. Um, so my mom was definitely a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. So until her very last minutes, unfortunately, she didn't survive. Um, she had colon cancer. But until the very last second, rather, should I say, she was hopeful. She was positive. She was, was she? strong. She, she was amazing. I mean, everyone that knew her, um, the words that they remember her by is that she was a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm like so teary. No, now. that, you know, <laughs> let me just say to you that this is a space where this is, you know, all the emotions, yeah. you, you keep it together. Yeah. And then you speak about this and everyone who's listening yeah. feels it as well. It's such a wonderful connected yeah. space. So we all get very emotional, don't you? You get the all? strong man yeah. sitting over here with his incredible stories. No, so, we yeah, all get very emotional. Very. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so she was, um, she was one of those positive people that until the very last minute she was strong and encouraged everyone else. And I think at that age, I was in such denial on how sick she really was. Um, so I, you know, and I carry that through me, uh, with me for very, for many, many years in thinking that I wasn't supportive enough of her because she was so strong. Um, she put on the strong face all the time and carried on and believed till the very second that no, she was going to be healed. So how, how would you there. have wanted to, if if you, I mean, if you look back, how would you have wanted to have been with her then? Um, I think what the biggest things for me was was to be aware of how ill she really was, so that I could have supported her more in what I, I mean, of course, hindsight, um, but that I would have been stronger for her so she didn't need to carry all the load my dad was there as well so he supported her throughout the whole journey Mm -hmm. so he was incredibly strong but I think they also um concealed a lot of it from me because they were obviously trying to protect me you know Mm -hmm. only child girl etc Portuguese Mm -hmm. so I grew Mm -hmm. up in that type of a household Mm -hmm. which was incredible um but I think if I had known more I could have probably let her not be or have to be as strong so that's tough Mm, it was very tough. I carried that for many, many mm, years. It's tough. Richard, can, you want to, I, yeah, please, I, because R- to. Richard's also a motivational guy. Yeah. So. so so one of the things I said a lot, and, and I, I really battled with it, I tapped into social media a lot at that time, but I ran away from my friends and family too. And that was part of that being strong. So social media was wonderful because I could tap in when I wanted to. I didn't have to reply. I could reply when yeah. I wanted to. I could put something up and then disappear. And there was great support, but I was very careful to put things up that weren't designed in any way to make me feel that I was a victim. So yeah. I love what you're saying about your mom, but, but, but from somebody who's been there, I want to let you off the hook mm. and tell you that <laughs> had you been the person to try and take some of that stuff, that being strong away from your mom, it would have made her journey harder. And, and okay. it's, a, it's, some, it's a hard thing to understand, but for me, it... Don't pity me. Mm, As a cancer, as as somebody who's battling with cancer, please don't pity me. I don't want pity. I want 
don't try and take things away because part of me being a survivor is feeling that I can do the things that I need to do and I need to do them. So as much as you would want to take that away from your mom, that was probably a part of what kept her so strong. Mm. So that was my, that was my journey. It makes sense. makes complete sense. Never seen it that way. But yeah. Sure. Thank you. Mm. So there we go. I yeah, mean, as you've amazing. just said, I mean, you've been carrying it all of these years and yeah. now all of a sudden you hear Richard's take on that and you turn yeah. it around a little bit and it looks a little bit different, right? Absolutely. Because mm. mm. it has been, I mean, in so many ways, um, I've definitely carried that or inherited that, you mentioned attitude, you know, mm. and that inner strength from her. But it, it is these moments that, you know, that shape your life and transform mm. you and change you because you're forced to change. You mm. can't be the same person that you were. Um, before so you know so I think with stories like Richard's now is that you are you know helping people and healing people from your experiences um, which is amazing so hopefully you know from these chats someone else will take something whether they're also experiencing cancer personally or supporting someone with it um, you know hopefully that will help them along the their journey too true yeah too true let's take a break awesome we'll be right back thank you this is Life Links with a DL Link. Welcome back. 20 minutes to 1 o'clock on the DL Link show. You know, we promise to connect you through insights and information and illumination on this show. And, I mean, today's show is just a, an example of the kind of connection and illuminating that takes place. So, Petra, you were, you were sharing just before the break losing your mom at 23. Yeah. And that you didn't just lose your mom, but you were left with this this wanting, this questioning, yeah. you know, questioning yourself. And, and Richard, just this interaction with Richard and then you having an opportunity to kind of see it in a different light. But you you did have a moment of, of wanting to shift and change things. Just share that with us, please, Petra. I did. Um, I mean, I'll admit after I lost my mom, I hadn't realized how much of my identity was connected with her. So at the time, I was a fashion designer. I was working, and when that happened, I just gave it all up because she was so connected with my work every single day. So she was my support right till 3 in the morning if I was working. So when that happened, I just wanted to shut down and walk away from all of that hurt and that pain. Um, But over the years, I realized that my purpose – so I wrote a book called Living on Purpose, Mm -hmm. The Key to Change Your Life and Impact Others, Mm and – um, a lot of it stemmed from that relationship that I had mom, with my mom because um, she was one of those people that always wanted to inspire others, help each other or help others um, support people through what they were going through. And I realized that that had been my journey as well, that I was always or people would refer to me as a cheerleader um, for others and help others. So I was that person where people would come and talk to me and about their problems and the issues. So that came very naturally. But because I hadn't dealt with um, I hadn't mourned, I hadn't dealt with the pain. I took a very long and windy road, um, not really being connected with my why. So that is such a big thing. And what I want to help people now is connect with their why. So when life does punch you in the gut, you know, personally or through people around you or circumstances around you, that you're able to get back stronger and continue fulfilling your purpose and your why so um, how what made you connect with your why how did you do that so it was when i finally um you know had enough really 
I think I just had enough going through corporate work and doing things that didn't fulfill me. So I was happy and I was skilled and capable. But deep down after a while, after the adrenaline and after I learned the skills, you know, I was left feeling frustrated and annoyed and like there has to be more to life because that's what I always believed um, growing up. So eventually I just I kind of just had enough and I thought, okay, something has to change. So I started spending a lot of time on myself, doing a lot of introspection and just really putting in the time and the effort. And slowly but surely I started figuring out, you know, why am I here? What am I passionate about? What are those things that have been following me my whole life and my passions and what am I good at really um, so I've just started helping you know other people step up in confidence um, and that and that's where I linked fashion back again so mm. it was working as an image mm. specialist mm. helping women um, connect with their inner beauty so how to find their beautiful again mm. from an internal um, self-worth self-confidence because I'd lost my self-worth and my self-confidence for so many years so it's just helping women and I say women but women and men but predominantly women help them step up into their own confidence so that they can live fulfilled lives of impact um, influence and fulfillment really so mm. that they can be happy right well that's what we all want Petra your book Living on Purpose it must have been a wonderful experience writing the book yeah. because you you it's your story and also the story of 49 other inspiring local and global influences. I mean, I was, yeah. I was, I was looking at your book. And so, so what was that like? You know, I mean, what did sure. you make appointments and go along and ask questions or was it a long distance via email? What kind of interaction and how life shifting was that experience for you? Wow. So I took a year to write the book and I put pressure on myself to write it within a year. So I was, pretty much on a high every single day um, because it was was these incredible people that I was interviewing from all um, spectrums and all sectors of, of the industry. So from sport to business to entertainment, philanthropists, etc. So I really scouted and looked for people of influence. So some of them I didn't know, but people that had made a difference in their lives and the lives of others when they connected with their purpose. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so every day it was insights and growing for me. So mm -hmm. I learned so much from connecting with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, some were emails, some were where I was able to meet them in person. Um, others were Skype chats where I recorded and then transcribed everything. So it was a lot of work. I took no holidays for a year. I worked seven days a week, about 14-hour days. But, but you were pumped. I was completely pumped. I didn't mm. need the holidays and mm. I didn't need the days off. It says, it a, lot, it says a lot. It says a lot. When, yeah. when you're in service, yes. when you're doing exactly. and you have a purpose, Absolutely. that's all we want. Absolutely. That's really it. You, you're so driven yeah. to, to just do. So, Absolutely. So back to you, Richard, because I love that. I mean, have you written? Are you writing? Are you you're blogging? So I'm blogging. Um, I, I've written a lot, but haven't put it all together yet. So I must. And, and that's coming. Um, but for me, the vehicle of delivery for me is speaking. So mm. today is actually a really exciting day for me. In that, Tell us why. Oh, <laughs> so up until, up until yesterday, I was gainfully employed, and today I'm no longer employed. Ooh, congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, you, Judging oh, by your oh, facial sure. expression, I'd say it's a very good oh, thing. <laughs> excited, exhilarated, petrified, anxious, scared, all of those emotions. But essentially, I want to stand up and tell my story. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So that's what I'm going to do. And um, as, as you said, so, so for me, I, I think it all really dawned on me quite a while back. Uh, 
so I did Ironman South Africa this year, and I, I then entered Ironman Wales after that because that's one of the two toughest Ironman I events in the so. world. It's 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 hectic. And again, cold? Is it cold? Oh, it's cold and is it's it? extremely hilly, and it's is it? oh no, it's it's really tough. So, uh, uh, but but things fell apart again. So so there was cancer came back, and it, it was really rough. And I I, I figured I'm going to delay this thing. It, let's just not do it. And then I was I was I'd been running in the morning, about ten k's, and I was in Bloberg uh, down there in business, and I stopped on the beach and. I thought to myself, no, actually, stuff it. I'm going to Wales. Because when is anything perfect? When is the right time? Yeah, when and is the right time? There is no right time. Mm. And it's been a lifelong dream of mine to go and do an Ironman somewhere else. And I thought, actually, this is the perfect time. And that's pretty much where I am now. So the, the minute I got the news that you're in remission, it was, okay, now, now I can. Now I actually can go out and do my own thing. And there's no better timing. And this is from a purpose point of view, I believe this is my purpose. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. Wow. Mm. Fantastic. And hopefully the book will come as well. But for now, I need to start somewhere, and that's finding wow. a stage and finding people who want to hear my story and telling my story. And I'm sure many people okay. want to hear your story. Right I'll let here. you know. Yeah, let us know. Let mm. us know. So it's a very exciting time in your life. Extremely. Mm. And that's the a funny thing. It is... I often talk about the gifts of cancer, and people look at me like sure. I've, I've, the cancer did something to my brain. And no, I, I lots, of people, <laughs> but lots of people talk really about is. the gifts of cancer. And Peter, when you said that you, you, you can't be the same person you were beforehand, it's impossible. Mm. So, so who is this person now? Because I'm not who I was, and, and who am I now? And the gift has been to sit down and say, but there's no, there's no skirting issues anymore. There's no trying to be somebody that you're not. There's no, yeah. You're stripped away of everything. And it's to figure out what's left and who that person is. And that really has been the gift. What do you mean you stripped away of everything? Cancer. It takes is away. Is it because you're vulnerable? So you're extreme, is it because you're out of control? You're extremely vulnerable. And it, 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 you feel, for, for me, it, it, was, it was very much a control thing. I'm a A-type personality and I've always been in control of things. And mm -hmm. that was very hard for me. And all of a sudden, everybody's pitting me and I can't do things I used yeah. to do. And I can't stand up in front of people. I can't do my job. I can't walk around the block, let alone run. Um, and I'm staring death in the face. Mm. What is left? You know, all the things that we surround ourselves with, they mean stuff all. Yeah. Absolutely well, the, it, it's, it's just so interesting that you use the word stripped because what were all of those other things other than just thoughts you were having about you having to be in control? What are people going to think? People, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Precisely. And so when that all goes, who are you? And that's exactly and the question. And there you are. Mm. And there you are. And then sure. you get to see what's real and how you really want to live your life. So here's something interesting. I spent, it's such a rare, that initial cancer is so rare that I spent eight or nine months with a really good psychologist and trying to understand the possible psychosomatic side of this really? thing is that could this have been and then stripping away the layers of things I hadn't just like you things I hadn't dealt with my entire life wow. so it forced me to confront that's a gift there's a gift mm. it was hard it was it was an extremely mm. painful journey sure. but mm. it was extremely important and it's brought me to where I'm here yeah. that's amazing so there we go Wow, we, wow, we. So, Petra, you, you are, you go and you help businesses and you help people and you've got your book out and you have also, you go out and inspire people. So, when you wake up in the morning, what, 
you know, what, what is your purpose? And you, your purpose was to write the book, to, mm. as you said, for women to go within and find yeah. a happiness and a connection. But you, waking up every day, how do mm. you do it? So for me, it's really... I believe that once you're aligned with your purpose, it kind of dictates all the decisions or your actions for the rest of the day. So that's why I really encourage people to be deeply rooted and connected with your purpose. So my purpose is to make a difference in the world. It might seem oversimplified or grand or whatever your perspective is. But mine really is to make a difference in the world by helping people be happy and live their best lives and then to live lives of impact. So because that is my purpose, it means that all my actions throughout the day are naturally aligned with that. Mm. So it's really helped me clear out a lot of clutter and unnecessary tasks and to-do lists. And um, it's helped me say no to a lot of people, to a lot of events, to walk away from previously toxic situations um, because it's not aligned with my greater purpose in life. And I guess with, um, I don't want to speak on behalf of Richard, but when something um, transformative or life-changing happens in your life, it gives you a clarity of, you know, who are you? Um, mm. What am I here today? I don't have time to waste on superfluous Absolutely. things or time or conversation. Mm. So mm. it's made me a lot more, um, a lot more aware of my responsibility to myself and to take ownership of my life. So, you know, it's steering the wheel of your own life. It's like you were saying earlier, it's shifting from being a place of, um, from blaming others or being a victim and saying, I'm not where I want to be because of him, her, it, whatever. Um, but it's really every day taking ownership of, well, what what do I stand for? Who am I? Um, when, if my title is stripped away, if my job is stripped away, if my family is stripped away, who am I? Who is that person that I am? Hmm. And what do I stand for? What is my legacy? <laughs> Richard's loving oh, this. I love that. So I'll, I'll tell you why. So I have... That's my journey. Is I've tattooed on my arm here when I got cancer. It's the words I am because they're the most I powerful am. words in the English dictionary. Whatever yeah. follows them defines you as who you are. And then these are the words that wow. define me. Wow, you couldn't make up your mind, I've, I see. No, I, I'm a he's lot. Got of, lo- I'm he's a got lot of, lots of I am. I am a lot of things, Nikki. Uh, and that's exactly you that. Is, and that's my purpose yeah. is to help people to understand Amazing. to get to their I am. Oh, so my oh, website's even IamRichardWright.com because. Oh. That's I am. I I'm Richard that. Wright. So I love And you that. have a great talk, I'm terminal. That's it. Okay, so so if people want to get hold of you, Richard, how do they do that? So on Facebook, I am Richard Wright. Hmm. Or on, on W R I G H T. W R I G H T. And although um, you are right most <laughs> of the time, yeah. No, I wish. <laughs> uh, too many women in the room for me to admit that. Um, and then the website is I am com. Um, and with pleasure, I'd love to connect with people. Mm, fantastic. Amazing. Petra, how can people get your book? Um, also directly through me, so petralorenzo.com. There are a few other vendors that um, that stock it. I haven't put it on the big retails for, uh, for a reason or for a purpose because I give 20% of my book sales to charity. Okay. Um, and they take a huge cut, so I've decided to go directly yep. or through smaller ones so they can get in touch with me and then I have to mention that one of the chapters in my book is called I Am oh my goodness and it's exactly that is ah. whatever you put after I Am defines you and who you are amazing so that's why I started giggling when you said See, that again this show's been all about <laughs> connecting connecting amazing. Petra thank Love you that. so much Richard thank you so thank much you it's been me. lovely thank lovely you. having you. you on the show um, Petra Larangio, um Living on Purpose um, an incredible book and then Richard Wright of course I Am and uh, just wonderful motivation motivational um, talks. So guys, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Um, We're going to take a break and we will be back. Stay with us.
Don't you just love that song, Ed Sheeran and Thinking Out Loud? What an inspirational show it's been. Um, and I, I just want to tell you about something that I'm doing at the moment. You know, it's been in October, it's going to be two years that I've been hosting the DL Link show. It's such a privilege every week to be here and to be in the presence of cancer warriors. There have been times I've walked away from the show uh, and and I've had a broken heart. Um, but I would say that most of the time I have walked away elated and inspired and uplifted by the sheer strength and insight um, that these cancer warriors have. And, and I often highlighted during the show that, I mean, you just heard Richard talk about the cancer gift. How many warriors have sat here and said it, it's been a gift? Why? Why is it a gift? Because all of a sudden you reevaluate your life. You're stripped down. You start having meaningful connections. You live your life. You realize that life is finite in this world on this, this lifetime and that you've got to live it every moment of it. Um, you know, and I've had my own incredible epiphany all the way back in 2015. So anyway, I've put a, a great workshop together. Um, it's called The Mind Revolution. I call myself The Mind Freedom Fighter. And on the 11th of March, Sunday the 11th of March, in Rosebank, I'm having this public workshop, and I would love you to join me. We are going to be stripping down we, the mind, the thoughts. We're going to be living out of a clear mind. We're going to be doing all the things that Richard was kind of talking about. Where, who am I? Where, where am I going? And how can I operate as my very best self? So why am I telling you this? Well, I want to give away a ticket to a DL Link listener. The tickets are valued at 650 Rand. If you would like to attend my workshop, The Mind Revolution, all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is Nikki Seberini, um, the Freedom Mind Freedom Fighter, and just share the event. You'll see the event for The Mind Revolution. Share it, and you stand in line to win it. If you want to come along, and also for the deal link listeners, get a 20% discount, email me, Nikki at NikkiSeberini.com, and I'll mail you back a voucher. It's an extraordinary day of introspection, most of all, the realization that life is not coming at you. It's coming from you. So there we have it. Contact me, Nikki at NikkiSeberini.com or my Facebook page. Thank you so much. What a wonderful show it's been. I look so forward to being with you same time next week. And until then, you do take care. Goodbye.